0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. My name's Will Peterson, and this week I'm super excited to bring you my conversation with Stephanie Bishop. Uh, Steph and I have gotten to know each other a little bit over the course of the last year, and I'm just super happy to be able to sit down with her, have a conversation, and uh, bring it all to you guys. Steph's an incredibly accomplished athlete, and she's done it in multiple spheres of the distance running arena, so she's had a lot of success in the Tough Mudder Arena, Uh, in adventure races, in various ultras, Um, and we also talk about her 2021 uh, FKT of the New Hampshire 48, um, in which she faced some pretty dicey trying conditions, so uh, yeah, it's a really awesome conversation, and uh, can't wait to bring it to you guys. One other housekeeping thing, I said that if I got any five-star reviews that I would read them out on the air this week, and I did get one. So uh, J.H. Strubor says, very interesting and helpful information regarding what food to pack for a hike and the calorie count in the food to support the hiker. Packing high calorie foods that boost energy and satisfy needs. Well, thank you so much for that. I just want to say that I'm a moron and you should not listen to me for nutrition advice. But uh, if you found it helpful, then I'm very happy that you did. So yeah, keep the reviews coming, Uh, they don't have to be positive, you know, give me a five-star review and have me read out something about how horrible the podcast is, or give me a five-star review and make me read a section of the Iliad, you know, I don't care, it'll be fun. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Steph Bishop, I hope you all enjoy, and I'll check in with you next week. Yeah, how's it going? How not too,
1: not too bad. If you see me, this is like leftover water from my run, so I don't like to like transfer it. So I just
0: yeah. What you said you were, you said it was Blanc Station over there. <laughs> uh,
1: uh yeah. I so let's see. I just set out to do like let's hit four thousand feet of art and that's it. Um, but I'm I was doing it at like a zone, uh, like a, just a zone two, because yes, mm-hmm. last night I did speed work. Um, so uh, I was out there, and it's like you know. Classic northeast, like 70% humidity. Um, I wasn't going fast, but I ended up stopping to talk to somebody who I knew. Yep. And then I stopped to chat with with somebody who I just met. And I like at that point, like I was like 15 minutes when I should have been back. And those last 15 minutes were like the uh, I was like <laughs> went up this hill that I usually just run up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I am gonna pass out right now. I <laughs> I'm like, I should get one of those medical IDs for my wrist because I have asthma. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it went through my head. And I was like, oh, I'm such an idiot. So I, like, walked, stum- kind of stumbled back to the car Mm-hmm. Um, I had like, obviously I had plenty of sports nutrition in the car and I'm never far from the car, but yeah. I was kind of being stubborn. And he was like, Oh, I don't want to go back to the car to go back to the Hills. Cause I like to do this one section, yeah. um, try to set you get about like 800, 850 feet per two miles.
0: Sure, uh, that's not bad. That, that, uh, it's not
1: bad. No, that's how I trained. That's where I trained for my 48.
0: So where are you? Where are you actually located? Like what I'm area? on
1: the north shore of Long Island in Nassau County. Like oh, okay, uh, I'm like right past Queens, like uh, Manassas Port Washington.
0: Okay, yeah, my well, so Xander, um, my friend, is going to graduate school in uh, at Columbia. So I'll have to. Uh, I might have you give him some wrecks. He's trying to figure out how to stay on trail while he's down there.
1: Oh, my gosh. If he's at Columbia, he should just take Metro North. and Or he can go – he can literally run across the GW Bridge and take – it's flat. That part's flat. Mm -hmm. But if you go take Metro North, you can get up to um, Beacon and Breakneck Ridge and all that stuff. There's some – there's, like – it's awesome. Like, that is one of the gnarliest trail marathons. It was one of the qualifiers for the national team. Oh, Uh, sure. I did the marathon, and the course changes a little bit every year. I did the marathon last year, no, not last year, the year before, um, and it was like 8,500 feet of vert over like <laughs> five miles.
0: That's pretty ludicrous for yeah, like, right outside New York too.
1: Oh, yeah. Like we don't have like, you know, the 3,000-foot climbs, but we can you can get like a lot just within an hour of New York City that's like a 1,000-foot thousand, a thousand climb. And, nice. you know, it's just as gnarly as you like see up north too. Yeah. So
0: it's not bad. Yeah, definitely. How long does it take to get out to the AT?
1: Uh, He can pick it up. I think the long path, I think it's part of it. I think he can pick it up not too far. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because it goes up towards Bear Mountain. Like, he's also, he can also, like, take a bus. If he doesn't have a car, he can take a bus to Bear Mountain. They go from the Port Authority. Mm-hmm. Um, So he can go that way. You can also do what a friend of mine and I. You can also take the train, actually, to Harriman State Park, again, from uh i think it's it's a penn station it th- might be penn station because it's the other side of metro north i can't remember but there's ways i can give you like the whole spiel i mean i did one night my friend and i this is probably a good story though my friend and i um we a death race friend we had the grand idea i had the grand idea but he was so he was he's always willing i'm mm-hmm. like let's take our five gallon buckets our axes and our backpacks um And let's go at night. Let's start on one side of Harriman State Park and let's just traverse it through the night. And this was in the middle of dead, like winter, (laughs) snow everywhere. And I'm like, oh, I'll be fine. Whatever. Like brought some, I think, we, yeah, we brought our snowshoes. Mm -hmm. Uh, The bus driver was like, are you sure you want to get off here? We're like, yeah, we're good. We're good. And we like popped off and instantaneously we were like breaking trail. We lost the trail. We ended up on the, there's a road that goes through Harriman State Park. Yep. And the, uh, like the one of the state cops keeps on like driving past us because we ended up taking like the road for a little bit. And he keeps on asking, he's like, do you guys want to ride? It's like two o'clock in the morning. Do you want to ride? And we're like, yeah, yeah, we're good. You know, like he. I don't think he noticed that we had axes sticking out of our packs because we were mm-hmm. just the, the bottom of the handle. But we're like, we're good. We're good. You know, we brought some whiskey with us. We're, we were just having a grand old time. There's one point you have to cross the, the parkway and we yeah. crossed the parkway it's still the middle of the night it's it's plenty like fine mm-hmm. um and we go over i guess it's like a railing and i go like tumble into snow that's like chest deep cuz from like all <laughs> the plows it was fun we had a good time that's we awesome. made it we made our destination we went we got to the bear mountain lodge and then we took the bus back
0: yeah so do you find uh, do you find it challenging at all to train for like really hard trails living in New York or is it like, have you figured out a system that you feel like you're basically getting what you need?
1: I have a pretty good system. Um, I would say like the stuff right by me, like 20 minutes from me. Um, that's like the one mile where I get, like, I just go back and forth. So like for the 48, um, I got up to 12, 12 out and backs of that um people thought I was like you know everybody I see the same people over and over and then people started to know what I was training for so they'd like cheer me on sure. and keep keep me going but um so that it was like 10,000 feet of vert I got in about a little less than 20 oh uh, no a little less than like 20 three i was like 23 ish miles because i took like a shortcut through it
0: yeah it's not bad at all
1: no it's not bad it's just like short climbs like they're short and they're punchy like you are on some things it's only like you're only going like 80 feet vertical but Mm. you're on like a 20 something percent grade so in a way it's more relentless i think because you don't get enough of a rest going down before you're going back up
0: yeah have you ever been to uh the blue hills reservation right outside of boston
1: no, because I know that there's a we have a Blue Hill up in um up in New York by Bear Mountain and oh, okay. I want to go there for mountain biking. But no, I have not been there.
0: Gotcha. It just sounds similar. Like there's a there's a sort of skyline traverse at, at this Blue Hills Reservation area that if you do an out and back, it's like 15 miles with. I want to say like 5,000 feet of vertical. So not quite, but it's the same kind of thing. Like there's no yeah. big mountains here, but it's like quick up and down. I agree. It's almost like...
1: Like it's harder if because if yeah. you hammer the downhills, you're like you're, it's just like, it's your rest. Like my heart, rate yeah. may drop like five beats per minute and then it's like back up we go. Yeah. Um, but it's good. Like that specific trail, I can go all the way south on Long Island. It's a northern, north to south. We have That's two of cool. them. Yeah, they call them uh, green belts. We have two green belt trails. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, I've only gone as far as like, like 15 miles south because it gets flatter and flatter um because yep. you're going towards the beach but it's still it's fun i mean it's like it works there's a lot of like various trains you, like you don't get big chunky rocks but you have a ton of roots yep. you get a lot of sand in the summer um yeah it's a lot of sand and it's really slick um and it's really it just really it drains you um sure. but it's good like and it's great mental training because like you know I don't get to do this big beautiful glamorous loop where I'm like dis-
0: true. I'm distracted
1: yeah. by the landscape I am just every time I get back to the car and I'm like turn around let's yep. go <laughs> you know
0: totally I feel like people I feel like people sometimes don't appreciate just like really monotonous training that's just like challenges you mentally you know yeah. it's so, yeah, it's valuable for, like, once you get on nice trails, you appreciate it so much more.
1: Oh, yeah, it's it makes it so much, like, it makes the hurt feel so good because you're like, I don't care because it's so beautiful here.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I was kind of surprised when I found out that you're based out of New York City just because, like. I'm, like,
1: just outside. Like, if I go across the street, I can see, the, like, part of the skyline.
0: Right, yeah. yeah. So, I guess why, as an adventure racer, someone who loves doing big, beautiful, routes and all that stuff why new york or why like right outside new york
1: well i'm right here right now just for the time being i mean my whole family lives here um mm. like every like parents siblings uh my niece and nephew uh so like i think i just kind of like am here i mean i can cons- have considered moving out to the west coast i've considered mm. colorado i've spent a lot of time like traveling and like seeking out places I don't envision myself on Long Island forever. If anything, mm-hmm. I think I'd move maybe a little up in the Hudson Valley, um, up north of New York City, like an hour north, because you still get you great trail running in that area. Yep. Um, and I'm still close enough to home, um, where I think I could kind of be around family. And if I need to come back for an emergency or anything, it's not like I have to worry about, you know, hopping on a flight. Um, sure. you know, uh it's hard. I think I'm also kind of like Right now, especially in in the summer, you're like, oh, I'm going to the beach. And it's like, it's so nice to be close to saltwater. Like, I love lakes, but there's nothing like saltwater.
0: Sure. Yeah, that's super fair.
1: Yeah. We have good mountain biking, too. Like, I mean, it's not, like, technical, like, crazy technical. But we have, I can hammer out, like, a lot, like, really good training um, for mountain biking, uh, for adventure racing, at least. And kayaking is literally a seven-minute drive away. Not even. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, that's fair. There's a lot, lot of diversity. It sounds like, in yeah. what you're able yeah. to do. And
1: that's for a cool. while, I was here because of work, like New York City proximity to New York City. I could be there in New York City in less than 30 minutes. So, yep. it does, it helps a bit. Oh, I hear you. I see you.
0: Oh, here we go. Yep, I you're back. I see you,
1: and I hear you. I didn't lose you one bit.
0: That's all right. We're good. Poor connection. Switch to audio only. Definitely not.
1: That's not good. I mean, I can try to um, power up the Dell. I mean, it might work because I could plug it in, I think. But the Dell is old.
0: No, nah, it's a, all right.
1: It's an ancient... We'll keep
0: rolling with it. It happens sometimes. Um, At least I am
1: fighting. I'm not like Jack.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah true. True. Jack's, uh, Jack's a piece of work. What a diva. <laughs>
1: I don't know. I mean, did you see his story today in Scotland? The guy's like, oh, that was get-
0: so funny. It's
1: like, you're going to get prosecuted. I was like, oh, he's yeah. so fancy. I was
2: like- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get
1: out of the effing way, jerk. I'm like, stop <laughs> your damn phone. Like, yeah. very different.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he still took offense to it. He was like, we beat you in a war. You gotta stop that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so so I'm always interested about how people get into all this ridiculous activities what I know you I I went through your website to do my research
1: it needs to be updated I'm sorry
0: yeah it hasn't been updated since like 2019 I was a little bit
1: but that's okay.
0: That's okay. No, it's all right. Um,
1: I literally have a novel on my computer that I'm still editing down about the 48. Um, I wrote like a 50 page book. Oh my God. Wait, I want to read that so bad. Um, like maybe somebody actually told me to edit it down and to keep that aside. They're like, keep it aside. And, um, they have a connection to like a publisher and maybe I'll come together and write a book about like stories about all these races and things that I've done.
0: That'd be so cool. That'd be awesome. Um,
1: but anyway, so like for example, yeah, that's not on there because it's being edited down on my computer.
0: <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. No, I was wondering because I went to, I, I was like going through some of the stuff you'd done, and I went like back to your New Hampshire 48 FKT, and it said it'll be on my website soon. And then I went to your website and I'm like, am I not looking in the right place? <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry,
2: <laughs> I'm so bad.
0: <laughs> no, you're so fine. It's fine. It's good. Um, but so you you started with a background. I guess earlier in life of a very diverse uh, bunch of sports that you played, how do you make that transition to triathlons, which it sounds like was your first? Uh,
1: That's dis- like my first endurance sport. Yeah. Um, I would say because when I was a child, I always wanted to be outside, and mm-hmm. I had outdoor education in seventh grade, I think it was or sixth grade. And I had a phenomenal outdoor ed teacher who I still keep in touch to to this day. He lives out in Montana now with his family. And we would just do four hikes out of the year in camp. And Um, I loved it. I was like through school. Through school, yeah, my school had an outdoor program, so That's we would so go. That's so cool. It was amazing. I mean, it was every my brother, my brother and I were our year apart, grade wise, and my sister's two two grade was two grades below me, so I never went on the trips with her. I only went with my brother. Um, And whenever we would show up to like the van and bring our stuff, like the other teacher would be like, "Did you pack your grandmother in here?" Because I would show up with like, <laughs> uh, like uh, probably like in an eighty liter duffel bag filled with like. At like, you know, 14 shirts and, yep. you know, three, ba- you know, 10 pairs of shorts and like, like, you know, completely overpacked. But um, I loved it. Like, so we would hike Um, like we did one large trip. Most were weekend trips. And then our large trip was four days long. Mm -hmm. And I I even remember to this day, we were hiking to Stratton Pond. That was a nine mile hike I think we did. So you have like, that's a pretty decent hike for kids that don't really hike.
2: Um,
1: And we were out there in like a tornado watch. And I still remember it because I mean, maybe it was like foreshadowing what was to come in my life. Um, But it was just like this the wind and the rain. And I was like, I was half terrified, but half having the time of my life out there. Um, And so I always loved the outdoors. But then I caught on TV um, the original Eco Challenge. And okay. they that was, like, the Mark Burnett back in the day in the 90s. And they, they filmed Eco Challenge. And they had, like, a team of Playboy bunnies. And then they had the hardcore athletes. And I think maybe they were in Fiji. I don't know where they were. But, I mean, I was, like. This looks so cool. Wait,
0: I'm actually not familiar. What is Eco Challenge?
1: So Eco Challenge is this like, uh, it's an adventure race. So it was teams, I guess it was probably the traditional teams of four, uh, mixed, mixed gender and uh it's a you know it's based on orienteering and you have to hit certain checkpoints and certain legs are specific disciplines eco challenge is a bit more produced so you're going to do more stuff that you wouldn't normally do in a regular adventure race like um the one that was happened a few years ago they had like native sailboats to the area versus like the adventure race i'm going to do in a few weeks we are just in canoes You know, it's different. So the object is, is you want to hit every single checkpoint um, the fastest. So you want to Mm -hmm. clear the course, they call it, um, in the fastest time. Gotcha. Uh, So I saw it and I'm like, this is amazing. Um, I want to do this. And I think I was, my mother was behind me and she's like, probably said something like rolled her eyes and was like, you're, you're nuts. Um, <laughs> so that was always like planted in the back of my head that there was this sport out there that would like kind of merge, you know, competition and then, you know, extreme, like being out in like proper wilderness.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know I wouldn't call it extreme because that's just nature. You know, sure. it was not like, uh, you know, being in a, you know, kind of, you're out, you're bushwhacking, you're not necessarily following trails. It's a lot. It looked like fun to me. I mean, they look like they were having not really the time of their life, but I was like, that looks great.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: so that was always in the back of my head. And after college, which I didn't play sports really in college, actually, and I'm happy I did it. Um, But uh, I was working in a commercial real estate office and one of my colleagues w- was signed up for a triathlon through team and training. Like, so you raise money for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And he was like, you should do this. Like, he's like, you would really love it. So that's how I got into it. Um, gotcha. And so I started with that. And I did that for a bunch of years. Um, I made it, you know, to nationals. I raced one year with the national long course team in China. Um, I, that's I had so fun cool. With it. Yeah, I like, I enjoyed it a lot. But always, there was always like, I didn't want to always be on the road. Like, it just mm. like, it was fun but it was missing something gotcha uh, and then and then i did a ragnar in 20 2009 2008 yep. and i'm big, you know you meet everybody on the course and checkpoints and stuff and this other team a guy was telling me about the death race and he's like, you have to look this race up. You have to do it. And that was like when I first heard about the death race and I, the only information about it was like a New York times article from 2000 and early 2000. Um, so there was like no real information about it. And that's was like, and I signed up. I'm like, I'm going to do that in June. I'm totally in. Sounds great. Like put solving puzzles and memorizing things and then doing like chopping wood. I'm like, all right, Right. I, like this. Yeah. So I think there's like a photo of a guy carrying like a, a broken down bike through the river. <laughs> and I'm like, "Ooh, that looks like that's cool. Like, I like that. Um. So I actually I signed up for the June one, but I ended up doing my first one that the March prior.
0: So correct me if I'm wrong, a death race is where there's like a time frame that the race could be in. But it's it's kind of like indefinite of how long it's going to go, indefinite of how long it is distance wise and also indefinite on like what activities you're doing during the race.
1: It's just an unknown race. Um (laughs) you know they you show up to Pittsfield, Vermont to Joe DeSena's farm and Joe DeSena announced he started Spartan race a few years later. Um and uh you might have you have check-in. Sometimes you have like a now there's more knowledge about it. Like there's a lot more information about it. But when I first did it, it was just like be at the farm at this time and that's it all right like you know so you show up you back then i my first race i didn't really have a gear list it was just like Mm. bring clothes to stay warm because it was in march (laughs) and that was the first winter death race but it wasn't official like they were testing it to see if it was actually feasible oh Uh, sure so uh we were just a bunch of like crash test dummies uh (laughs) doing an 18-hour race in the middle of march um in vermont so, yeah, you show up and, you know, sometimes they are like, you know, you have a proper meeting and sometimes you're like, OK, now we're just going to do a pre-race like activity or whatever. Or they're like make you do a bunch of things. And like 12 mm. hours later, you're up all night. They're like, OK, the race starts now. And you're like, oh. so, yeah, you're doing all these things. They just want to break you down and make you quit. So it's physical. It's mental. There are like time hacks that you have to make. Yep. So there is like proper race elements to it. Um, some years they give you a gear list. Some years they don't. I've had gear lists. Uh, I would say summer 2010 was probably one of the most fun because um, we had to bring $50 in pennies. It's like 28 pounds of pennies. Uh, the bank teller loves that. You're like, show up, like, hi, I need $50 in pennies. And you're like, <laughs> bring out a big box of pennies. Yep. Um, a post hole digger. A 10 pound bag of onions. I had this Greek, ancient Greek study textbook. It's like this thick um, and a three inch knife. And I think that was everything we had to bring. And that the theme that year was money. And what is like, is money worth its value and its weight? Because Mm. you're lugging around these heavy pennies and you're thinking, well, do I really need them? Because they told us that in order you can finish the race without your pennies. But you may not finish your race but it may or may not make your race easier if you keep the pennies
2: mm-hmm. so
1: you it's like you know so you have to make these decisions out there um like you can like i bought my way out of wood chopping because i didn't bring an axe because i'm like oh whatever like if they're not telling me to bring an axe i'm not going to bring an actual axe like that's more right weight. i probably got wood like a you know a firewood hatchet um and one of the tasks was like chopping wood but they're like if you didn't bring an axe you can spend half of your pennies to go do something else sure. so like that's okay. what i did but um yeah it's like you know for me i am usually having a grand old time out there there are some moments when i'm like it's really dark and i'm miserable and my body's sure. just like, like failing on me my stomach is failing but overall like i just saw it as like a fun way to challenge myself and it's, it was interesting because so many people around me would really let the race get to them and mm-hmm. like can't like I learned very quickly that like what's up here will control your outcome like yep. obviously you taking you know if we set aside like you know serious medical issues but if you're if you're fine and you can eat and you can drink and you can move um your mind is going to dictate how your race will end
0: yeah for sure that's um,
1: fascinating. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, I did four of them. I did the 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 winter beta. Um yep. then I did that summer. Um that was 35 33 and a half hours for me. Then I did um was Mexico my last one? No, I did 2014 summer. That was 65 hours. And oh, then right. I did the Mexico one. That was only like 28 hours. Um yep. but that was Oh, we swam in the most vile like pool that wasn't cleaned for like five years. It had the like, dead Ugh. animals in it and we had to put our heads in it. It was disgusting. Um, so there was like some like what people would definitely consider some dumb stuff. Um, but for the most part, I would say like, especially now, like the race is back to its roots being like, you know, they're not trying to like, you know, get you sick or anything. Like that's not their goal. They are sure. just want to make you do a lot of monotonous tasks. Over yeah. and over and over. So you just start to like mentally like crumble.
0: That's but. fascinating. I, I like the idea of, I don't know. Races have never really appealed to me a whole lot. Just because like it, it seems to be lacking like some kind of experience. And I know that's not the case. And like lots of people have lots of fun at races. But like just I just feel like I've, I've always been like I come came from a through hiking background. And it's really... I've just kind of always drifted more towards things that are like kind of just a ridiculous experience rather than like a a strict athletic competition.
1: Yeah. And it's the unknown versus like a set course, a set course that you know where you're going, you know what you're going to encounter. You don't know what's going to happen to your body necessarily, But you at least know, okay, well, in five miles, I'll be here or there's an aid station over here. It's very different than not knowing what's ahead. And I think that's more fun not knowing what's ahead because you're like, I can't be concerned about the future because I have no idea what's going (laughs) to happen anyway. You know, like that's that's the joy about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, that's ridiculous! What? what how was the sixty-seven hour or, or sixty-five? So that
1: was that was one of like the largest finisher groups I think they ever had. Um, it was wild. I almost actually quit. Um, in the middle of it, I don't know what day it was. We were, I think, going off to do an orienteering thing. And I like sometimes so if you're smart during the death race, you team up with people and you like they mm-hmm. had a team death race, but this was like individual. So I was with like two people the whole race, basically. Um, because we can it helps, it's like, you know, it's like almost like adventure, so you can help each other out, you know, pick up slack where somebody is like, you know, lacking sure. and pay it back. But um I almost quit my stomach. Also, mind you, I was not. And I took, like, a hiatus from racing for a few years, even, like, training for a few years. Um, when, I was,
0: what time frame was that? That
1: was, like, 20... Like, I would say 2011 to 2013, I wasn't okay. really doing much at all. I was working on Wall Street. I was going mm-hmm. out with clients, like, all the time my sport was like socialization um and it just like destroyed me like um, my body was like a mess like everything i wasn't sleeping so um i ended up i went to go work for a friend of mine and he is like super intense and like big time athlete and he's like go do it and destroy it so it's like all right let me get back in shape and like even then i if you look at photos like i probably weigh like then like 15 pounds more or only 10 pounds more but my body composition was composition Mm. was completely different like you could tell i wasn't like i was in shape but i'm like not like i'm in shape now sure but um i was like feeling it i it was like in the 90s there was a heat wave it was in the 90s And I was like so nauseous, I couldn't put anything into my body because it would just like come right, like come right up or come right out. And I was like, no, my gosh, I think I'm like, I think I'm gonna quit. And one of my friends stood in front of me, the other stood behind me, and they're like, let's go, you're not, you're not stopping. Like we're, (laughs) we're blocking you in. Like let's just keep moving. Yep. And so like it was a dark few dark hours, but eventually like it turned around and I got better. Um, yeah, that one was wild. Like at one point we had to bring. Part of our, like, gear list was, like, uh, adult diapers and Tyvek suits. So, like, the thing is, we don't even use the adult diapers. Like, it's just a mind, like, you know, messes <laughs> with your mind. You're like, what in the world? Why are we going to, why do we need adult diapers? Like, right. for no reason. Like, we didn't need it. Um, But we had to bring a porcupine quill, Um, and we had to bring some, like, like. Where do you
0: get a porcupine quill?
1: So I didn't bring one, but somebody who was living up there was like, there's a, a roadkill up the street. I'll bring you there and you, <laughs> no you, you can put it on But I was like, perfect. I'm going to go. And I was like, and I picked out a bunch of porcupine quills. I'm like, and I'm vegan. So, but even the, I, then I wasn't, but even then like roadkill kind of skewed me out. But I was like, yeah. I guess this is the most natural place where I'm going to get a porcupine quill. Um, we needed it because we had to thread a porcupine pill, porcupine quill through a log. At one point that we had, and it was a, it was like a, it was just a mind game. So Mm -hmm. like you had to thread, thread the quill through the log, but you had to like, so like how are you gonna make this hole? Like you know, people were like hammering away trying to make a hole, and then you realize, wait a minute, I have this saw, like a you know that like the little folding saw Mm that everybody had to bring. I'll just cut a line right down the middle of the log, and then I can just drop the quill in and like go back and forth, like. So it's like you you know, you have to use your your brain. Like they tell you a task. They'll tell you what you can't do, but they won't tell you how to do it. Yeah. Unless they right. actually have very specific instructions. Gotcha. So it's like a mind, you know, you have to especially when you're sleep deprived, like you have to really like think outside the box.
0: Sure. What do you have to do with the 10 pound bag of onions?
1: That was in 2010, oh, so we uh, had to go on this like bushwhack to this guy's house across the street, but it was like they made us go like all the way around, um, mm-hmm. which you didn't realize until you got there. Um, and he comes out, this older gentleman comes out and he's wearing a crown and he's like, hello, welcome to my castle. I'm Roger the Onion King. Please <laughs> have a seat at the table. And you're like, all right, like this is like some Lord of the Rings stuff. You know, you sit, oh, first I think you had it you sat down. And I had to like chop onions. She's making onion soup. So everybody's like chopping
2: the onions. Oh
1: and I you like chop an onion. I had to like move a bunch of firewood. And then I got to chop and they're like, well, we have fresh banana bread, but in order to pay for it, you must chop another onion. I'm like done. Like sure. I will, chop- I would love that. Um, we had to eat a few of them, but thankfully like where we had to eat them, at least where I had to eat them, um, it was always by like a fire. So I'm mm. like, I came back from the bushwhack and Joe was there and I was by myself. He's like, Bishop, eat an onion. And I was like, all right. And there's a fire right there and I like throw it on the fire. And he's like, you're wasting your time. I'm like, no, because I'll get sicker if I eat the raw onion. I'll end up wasting more time being sick than waiting mm. your minutes for to kind of like cook a little bit. Sure. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, like even like raw, I can't eat raw onions. Like they make my stomach just like turn. So, Yeah, But, uh, but, yeah, I Uh, mean, it's also your choice of onion, too. Like, I chose a sweet Vidalia. I I tried to choose, like, the most mild onion, knowing that, like, having a hunch that I was going to have to eat at least one of them.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's so, like, researching for this conversation. Do you have, wait,
1: do you have, there's a video online, the 2010 death race. You can watch, it's funny because I'm like, hey, they're interviewing me. And only one time. And I'm like, this gal was, we were together the whole time. And I'm like, I've done this race before. I know what to expect, even though we don't know what's going to happen. Like, let's work together. That's what I told her. And then her husband at one point was like being really nasty to me. And he was like, you know, talking crap to my face. And we're like, oh. And I was like. And I, I didn't say anything to his face, but I'm like, fine, if you want to play a game, like, game on, like, good luck to her. Like, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Like, you know, and that's where there's this one clip of me and my eyes are, like, popping out of my head. And I'm like, hurry it up. Let's go. I got to get going. And he's, like, interviewing me. I'm like, we got to go. Like, let's go. Um, I'll send you the video. It's a good one.
0: Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, that's
1: the year that the guy from Outside came, Outside Magazine, and he got clipped with, like, the barbed wire, and there's, like, shots of, like, the blood. You know, you get clipped from, like, a tiny bit of barbed wire. It's, like, not a deadly injury, but, like, the blood just squirts out everywhere. Sure. So it's, 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 like, super dramatic.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, death races sound incredible. And I really want to do one now. I didn't even know they existed until this morning.
1: Yeah, the one just happened um, again in, I guess, July 4th, around July 4th, the last one, and only three people finished. And now, like, from watching the coverage, it was definitely, like, old school death racing. So, like, death Mm. racing, like, when it started to get popular, I did 2010. 2011, it looks still, like, kind of the same. 2012 and 2013, it got a little, like, silly with the tasks at least from like an outside perspective okay. 2014 felt like death racing again sure. um and i feel like a lot of people i know who did them d- during those years too they're like yeah it was like mm, not as great as it could have been and we got kind of like silly and then they're like okay this is like a proper death race again what, so we're so back what do,
0: you, what do you mean by silly like
1: like just like i don't like i felt like some of the tasks were just like yeah it was more like it I don't know if it was like less athleticness or something. I have to like go back and look, but I do recall being like, well, that's dumb. Like, mm. you know, like, nah, that's not really in the spirit of the death race. Like the sure. spirit of the death race is like, you're going to go like, you know, chop wood for a really long time. Or here you have to bring this all the way up the mountain or here, we're going to move boulders and build a stone staircase. Or, sure. you know, we did some community projects. Like we built, rebuilt a stone wall for a woman. Um, oh, who's, cool. Like, blew down, I like flooded um, during the hurricane and we mm-hmm. like rebuilt it for her. But then they're like, okay, you guys have the last three people to get back to wherever we are going are going to get eliminated. And everybody's like fighting at the river, like trying to get back. So like, um, you know, there's some, there is some like good in the crazy.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Uh, so you also had some, uh, some success in the, the, the tough mutter arena.
1: Oh yeah. 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 Um, that was world's toughest mutter. That's the 24-hour 24 um, hour tough mutter. 24. So how did,
0: how'd you get into that?
1: Um, so I did actually the very first tough mutter ever with my sister in 2010 like, ever. Oh, like, interesting. We did it. There's like a group on, so we're like, all right, like, let's go. I'm like, come on, let's go do this. And so we did it and it was in Pennsylvania. It was a very different From what it is today
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um you know uh a little more like throw together obstacles uh some really stuff i don't think that they would do today due to safety concerns (laughs) um it was a lot of fun and then i started to work on wall street and then i stopped racing so i never did world's toughest And when they came out with it the first year um i was in design school at the time So it was before Wall Street. It was like 2008, I think, or 2009, because I um, was in school for another degree at FIT. I was getting a degree in interior design, and I was working with a designer, and I was doing like three all-nighters a week um, to try to – the school – the workload was insane. Um, So I remember, like, my sister was like, you should do it. And I'm like, how am I going to do this right now? Like, I hardly – I'm like not even sleeping as is. So I didn't do it, and then I started to work on Wall Street, and then I stopped racing. So I never did it um, until after that 2014 death race. I'm like, I want to do it again.
2: Mm-hmm. Well,
1: I want to do it, period. Um, in 2015, I started to really race again, um, but then stubborn me. I rolled my ankle once really badly at a race, and then I kept on like racing on it, and I kept on rolling sure. it and rolling it, and I finally saw my um pt one of my pts and he's like well we have a few options here i have a navicular accessory i have them on both feet it's like a bone kind of above your arch and i've mm-hmm. had them since i've been uh, like a child but like they the one got really inflamed and the tendon that that attaches like i guess i don't know if it's on it or like by it got really inflamed and he like gave me not an ultimatum but he's like you have two choices here you can go to World's Toughest motor this year and you can race it at like 75% and you may not even finish or you can not run right now and just listen to me and we'll do strength training and do other things and when you're ready to run, I'll tell you you're ready to run and then you go race it next year. So that's how I did it in 2016.
0: Sure, gotcha. Yeah. How, yeah. Um... So oh, it's I a just...
1: five mile, it's a five mile Tough motor loop. So Nora, it's not like a traditional Tough is like, 10 miles or I don't know what it is now so it was a five mile loop approximately I think like 19-20 obstacles per loop yep. and you do as many loops as possible you get technically 24 hours but if you start your last lap before 11 or 11 30 in the morning because it's a noon to noon race but if you start your last lap by 11 or 11 30 you have until one o'clock I think it's 11 30 and you have until one or 1 30 to finish the race if you don't come in before that time that lap does not count
0: Sure. Gotcha. How many laps do, how many laps do you get done?
1: So that year I did 17, I did 85 miles. Um, and, uh, I was like my stomach, it was so hot during the day. It's November, but it was in outside of Vegas. I had such bad dehydration. Um, mm. and my stomach just like, oh, I was couldn't eat for like three to four hours. My sister, um, who is like part of my crew. She's like my crew captain. They gave me like a babysitter, a friend of mine to walk the course with me. They're like, do not let her run. She needs to recover so she can run again. And at this point I already built up like a two hour lead. So Mm -hmm. I had a big lead ahead, but they're like, she has to walk. And every time I try to run my friend Scott would be like, nope, but uh, like, gotta walk. <laughs> and eventually, I think I walked like two laps, and my lead was starting to obviously diminish. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? The sunlight is starting to get like not. I don't know if it was sunlight. It was like about you know sunrise, and I just like bolted, and he couldn't catch, like, keep up with me. So that was <laughs> that. <for> that. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So it was like, I feel good enough. I'm good. Let me just keep going. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. Do Do you think
0: the uh the ridiculous hours and I guess stress and not sleeping that you did working on Wall Street, do you think that ended up helping you for like the ability to mentally push through really long stretches on trail?
1: Yeah, well actually um, my first job out of college and I worked my senior year like through into like after college, like back when I really graduated my first degree, I was part of a team that opened up like a huge nightclub in New York city, like a 30,000 square foot venue. Jeez. Um, and I worked there during the day. And then I, one of the hosts, um, the VIP manager, she was gone for vacation. So I took over as one of the VIP hosts. We had three hosts or four, I guess four hosts. I don't know at that time. Cause we had, a, it was massive. And um, I realized, like, how much money you made working at night. So I was like, I want to work at night. Like, if you guys, like, if you need another host. And then I started to work at night. Mm -hmm. Um, And I worked at night. And then I also, but I also worked during the day. So, like, on Friday, I would work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, like, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Because we're nightclub people. Like, you go to work, you know. Friday, I would work from 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. until about 5 a.m. And then I'd be back at work at 6 p.m. on Saturday and work until 5 a.m. on Sunday.
0: Oh, my God.
1: So I would do stuff. I would, like, get the guest list together or it would be, like, table reservations. And then it would be working at night. Um, Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that actually prepared me for it because running – and not only that, like, running around – nobody forced me to wear heels, but I was, like, in my, like, 22 years old. I'm, like, running around in four-inch heels on cement floors. Sure. Uh, so like and up and downstairs. Um, that was like the best training, I think. Do <laughs> you know why? Because there would be times like especially on the really crazy nights. So everybody knows, like obviously they're like, oh tiesto, this, tiesto that. Like tiesto, we like tiesto was back in the even, like the 90s. And, you know, obviously I'm not I'm not a spring chicken anymore. But um, mm. but I remember like those nights we would like sell out and we would have thousands of people in there and you could hardly even get through the crowd. Every once in a while, I would, like, stop and, like, take in the energy of, like, the like people having the times of their lives around me. And I'd be like, this is amazing. Like, I am a part of making this happen for these people. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think, like, that's kind of the energy that I, like, bring out to when I'm doing events, too. Where it's, like, when things aren't really great, I kind of, like, t- try to, like, absorb, like, my environment. And, like, find, like, good in the environment versus, like, and it's not like that I'm ignoring, like, the the hurt or I'm, like, trying to be, like, toxic. Like, it's not, like, toxic sure. positivity. Yeah. It's more like, wait a minute. This is not the only thing that's going on right now. Yes. Holy crap. Look where I am. Wow. Like, this is amazing. This is beautiful. Look at that squirrel over there. Oh, yeah. is that a is that a little chipmunk? How are you doing, little chipmunk? You know, like that. You like kind of like I just shift my focus to something that will hopefully like give me more energy and make me feel a little bit better.
0: Totally. Yeah, this is something that people have asked me about before, and I like I kind of I think learned how to do it on accident on the AT. Was that really like, when you're yeah? How far?
1: I, into, wait, how far into like the AT did you start to realize this?
0: Um, probably maybe like four or 500 miles. There were just, I I had a lot of pain early on the AT, like my feet really bugged me for a long time. And my shoulders bugged me because they were getting used to carrying a big pack and all that. And I like, I would just get it in my head and be miserable. And then like, eventually, I just figured out that if I would like, not ignore the pain, but like contextualize, contextualize the pain one, like within my own body. So to be like, yes, like my shoulder hurts, how does the rest of my body outside of my shoulders feel? And then like, I'd come to the conclusion that, oh, like other than my shoulder, I feel pretty good. So like contextualizing it within my body and then saying also just contextualizing everything outside of me and like, yeah, it's... You're on the
1: AT. I mean, I, I can't even imagine what some of these places must look like.
0: Right, exactly. It's all beautiful. And like, I don't know, it's it it definitely helps with with the kind of stuff that that we're both doing now like if you're able to just sort of contextualize it all and go outside of you know when you boil it down usually it's like one or two things going wrong and if you can like put not put it aside but realize that like so many other things are going right it, it generally can it generally has helped me at least get into a much better mental state when things aren't going incredibly
1: yeah It's always, I mean, it's like that and even just regular life. And I like try to explain that. And obviously, like, I don't always, I'm not always like following what I preach. Like, I have those like hellish moments when like, I'm like, everything sucks. And you're like, (laughs) it really doesn't, but I'm having a moment. Um, And that's fine. And I think everybody like is, like, should definitely like, it's fine to have those moments. There's nothing wrong with it. But yeah, it's always like, it's so much easier always to focus on the negative for some reason than the positive. But it's like, yeah, it's definitely taught, I think, you know, taught both of us how to how to manage the stress and also to how to, I think, appreciate and enjoy things uh, a Mm. little bit more.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, all right. So you're you do the the world's toughest mutter. You win that in 2016. Yeah. And then the next year, you have a pretty serious injury. Yeah, uh
1: (laughs) yeah. I, um, the seven weeks out from world's toughest mudder, I, um, was getting, I like finished a run. I was out in Colorado for about like two months, um, down Valley from Aspen in this great little area called basalt. And, um, I finished a run and it was really muddy. Like the point, like, you know, you get like the mud caked on your shoes, like your yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like, was like, Oh, let me just finish this run. I'll do strides on the dirt road. I don't know which stride it was, but I started to do them. And then I'm like, Oh, my like my groin I'm like what maybe I just like pulled an adductor because I was slipping and sliding didn't go I was gonna fly home to see my orthopedist because I had obviously a full-blown mental breakdown like crying I don't know what to do I'm freaking out my insurance doesn't cover me here Mm. like what am I gonna except for unless I go to like the emergency room but I'm not because it's not that serious and I don't want to get stuck with a $20,000 bill for no reason Um, I ended up, I didn't come back to New York. My orthopedist went on vacation and I was like, well, I guess whatever, I'm going to work on it here. Um, I like spoke to my PTs in New York and I also met up with, um, he's a chiropractor, but he did like other, he did like, you know, body work, things like that. Um, and he had, uh, oh gosh, what do you call it? It's like the acupuncture needles, but then he was acupuncturist too, but uh, you know, they put the needles and then they put the like they electrify him to like turn like sting like sting you know um so he i remember he put one in my like my right like glute and he turned it all the way up and the muscle wasn't moving it was like dead and he's like i've never seen this happen before he's like oh my gosh he's like let's try it again dead like eventually we started to get it he got it like we got it to twitch a little bit after some exercises and he's like well have a hunch like that's contributing to the problem but, uh, so I took a few weeks like off of running and I had my mountain bike. So I was mountain biking and I was rowing a lot in the gym. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to CrossFit and Aspen. My friend Eric, uh, was the owner. So he's like, come on in whenever, like, you know, just do, do what you have to do. Doing hard PT, like lots of physical therapy, just trying to figure out like, you know, this imbalance. And I started to feel better. Um, and then I mentally convinced myself, like I'm good enough to race, I'll race, and, uh, I remember underneath my leggings, if you could see my whole right leg from my hip down to my knee, it looked like it was mummified in rock tape.
2: Oh my God. I had
1: every single thing like, like fixed and try to like cue myself. So my knee wasn't dropping in like For all sure. this stuff. I mean, everything, single thing I could do. I was like, <laughs> all right, this is good. I felt fine. I felt decent. But even then, like, I like, you know, I probably wasn't ready. I probably should have listened to the signs a little bit more Mm -hmm. about like 25, 20 miles in. I started to get pain and I took to a leave, which I like have been told my, my personal doctors are like, it's okay. I know there's a whole thing out there with Rabdo and this and that, but Mm -hmm. I'm, I've been cleared for the record. Sure. I don't want trolls coming after me before Um,
0: before Jack comes after us.
1: Yeah, seriously. (laughs) (laughs) trolls come after us Um, uh, so I'm like okay let me take this and if the pain goes away I know it's muscular Mm -hmm. if the pain does not go away it's something worse and the pain got worse that next five mile loop to Mm. the point where i was like limping and i was it was stinging um if my toe like tapped against something that it would just nerve pain would just shoot right up my leg so i stopped at that point um and i was obviously devastated um but you know what there was always like a bright side to I think to everything for the, for the most part, um, is that I, because I dropped out, I was able to go out with, um, one of the groups that was working with a guy who calls him uh, Superman. He's in a wheelchair and he's yep. done world's toughest before. So a friend, of one of my friends, Maddie and I, we went out for a loop in the middle of the night with them. So I can like go. I have like a stick is like a cane, you yeah. know, um, like Gandalf style. Um, And uh, obviously, I love Lord of the Rings. I've referenced it a few times. But uh, but, uh, yeah, so we were able to go out there and experience that part of the race. And what's cool about that race in general is because it's a loop course, you're always around people. Like you're never like even when you're alone in the middle of the night, you're going to run up on somebody at some point Mm -hmm. or somebody's going to run up on you. But it was really great and inspirational to be part of his race because they had to use like police systems and all this like like they had to think all the obstacles really through in order to get him up and over obstacles or through obstacles and it was just a, an unbelievable team effort to see something like that come to you know come together and be successful so that was really special and then at the end of the race a huge group of us like 20 of us went out together and we just walked a lap um and that was awesome too so like it was like obviously i was devastated but um but on the like bright side like i got to experience a different part of the race um and that you still get to experience but i got to like be really in it yeah um yeah and that was a long recovery afterwards too because my that orthopedist was a different orthopedist and his i guess the radiology team didn't find the stress fracture at the time so i was on his and oh well because i couldn't see my my like number one orthopedist at the time he like i couldn't get an appointment and i didn't see him for a few years so his office staff was like you have to wait he's i saw him like a few months later and he's like you should have just emailed me he goes i would have seen you right away and i was like you know like you know, I should have been like this squeaky wheel. But I saw another orthopedist who is a highly, like a well-known orthopedist. I will not mention his name because I mm-hmm. fired him off my team. And <laughs> <in> no <a> longer, and <laughs> after that incident, because he's like, no more crutches. He's like, there's no st- stress reaction. You're fine. No crutches. Like, you know, and I'm like in pain and I'm like, I want crutches. He's like, no, you should not be on crutches. I'm, like, all right. Huh. I Went back for another MRI six weeks later. Oh, well, we see zero changes in your bones. Um, you definitely had a stress fracture. And um, yeah, we're also gonna run all your blood because we're not sure what's going on with your body. My blood work was pretty much fine. I was a little low when like my D3 was low. Mm-hmm. Um, but and but everything else was like fine. So I'm like, great. So like I just lost six weeks of recovery. And I'm like bumped back even more. And it was just like, it was not fun. Like it was, I thought I rebroke it at one point. I there was oh. ice outside the doctor's office, and I went down on the side on that side. No. Like, yeah. I went straight. In. I had my I had my appointment. So I went in and I'm like, I just slipped and fell on my bad hip right now. And they're like checking me. They're like, oh my yeah. gosh, you know. probably thinking like lawsuit, lawsuit. It's um, gotta
0: be such an oh shit moment.
1: Oh like hundred percent. I slipped and I was like oh but it worked <laughs> so much too you know um but uh i recovered from it it took a while like i think so that was november beginning of november mm-hmm. i started to i was clear to run in like mid-march to run meaning like you could do like you know 100 i did like 10 times 100 meters sure. type of thing you know yep. um wow. and i yeah so I only started like I think I did my first trail run like sometime the end of April or something I can't mm-hmm. remember I did, like a vlog about it I don't know one of a few videos but yeah it was not fun it's kind of just like
0: yeah it's incredibly stressful and like not being able to run for a few months you just drive yourself you drive yourself crazy and yeah like you lose uh I, I feel like at least for me getting outside and like hiking or running is a big like stress, coping, all that Even
1: cycling. Like cycling and I couldn't ride a bike. Like I wasn't going to risk it at this point. The fact that they missed it the first time. I'm like delayed in my recovery. I even stopped like really swimming. Like I mean I could swim with a pole buoy, you know like a float in between my legs. But I was like uh but what if something goes wrong and I injure (laughs) it again. Like I became so paranoid at that point. I was like you know what like I'm just doing nothing. I was so out of shape when I started to work out again I was like this is miserable
0: yeah (laughs) it affects everything it affects like how you sleep it affects how you eat oh yeah like how you feel day to day I don't know it's terrible especially if you don't
1: sleep because I had pain at night like I actually couldn't lie down like I had I slept with like pillows between my legs to keep my hips even because I had to sleep on my side but um even then like I don't know I I really don't know how people with chronic pain like like they are strong people to be able to, uh, to manage it from day to day. And I'm sure they're, they definitely feel like they're not strong, but I like, it's just unbelievable.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Jeez. Well, you rebounded from that. I rebounded. Uh, Actually, I actually don't know a whole lot of what you did between, um, well, besides the death races. Um, Yeah.
1: I'm trying to think. So 2018, I feel like um so in 2017, blah blah blah, I got the stress fracture. I'm like, that's like a gray area. In 2018, I'm trying to think, because the pandemic happened in 2020. Yeah. So we had to go like pre-pandemic PP or like post-pandemic. We're kind of right. still in it, but I guess we're not. I don't know. Um I went back. Oh, I know what I did. Um oh no, but that was the before I got the stress fracture. So it, that year was actually a big shit show. I went out to set a winter 46 record in the Adirondacks that March.
0: Oh, yeah, I did read a little bit about this.
1: Yeah, and that went, like, so Mother Nature really loves to, like, you know, throw a wrench in everything. She's like, you know what, this is not challenging enough for you. Let me make it more difficult.
0: Yeah, seriously, um, your your bagging adventures have not had the greatest <laughs> not weather.
1: Also, what happened... Well, uh, I, like, the weather window was fine. There was, like, a flurry is coming in one day. It's sure. predicted, like, one to two inches of snow.
2: Mm. That's
1: fine. Like, that's no big deal in the winter. You expect it, especially yeah, up yeah. there. Yeah, uh, I started to go, and it started to get more serious. They like, And right before, they were like, this is going to be a massive storm. And I'm already, like, in it. And I'm just like, well, I guess we're going to try. We're going to see what happens. We're going to try to keep on going. Yeah. Um four feet of snow in like 24 hours hit the keen valley and i was out in the stormy, i was out in the blizzard we did giant and um Rocky Peak Ridge, um with uh I did it with two of my friends, Alice, uh no, I did with Brittany and uh and Jay and his dog Jackson, who unfortunately Jackson has passed away, but Jackson was a five times 46er, the dog.
2: Wow. He was
1: like a rescue from a kill shelter down in the south, and the dog was he was amazing. So we were out there before like it was like was starting to hit, and once we like we got out. Um, of giant which Jackson actually let us out because everything was getting really high that it was getting really difficult to navigate um We got out and like you know you come out of the trees and it's like storm because you don't realize it when you're like tucked in um and then we went back to the house and we're like well we just have to ride out the storm here and mm-hmm. the next morning it was just like snow like you couldn't get out of the house you were completely <laughs> stuck. So it was like took like hours like a whole day off basically um and eventually we got plowed out. We will go back out to do. We were gonna go do. Um. Uh. What do you call it? uh Take the brothers up to. Uh. Why am I forgetting the peak? Uh, from the garden. Um. Ah. That's gonna kill me. Yeah, I don't know. Ah, oh, it's gonna kill. Me. We'll take the brother. Uh, why am I? Why am I blanking? I'm gonna have to look it. I'm gonna look it up. Why? i explain it? So, but anyway, so. We're going out one night to I'm out with like eight people. Like these like amazing people who are just phenomenal hikers are all out there and they it's like a line and I'm all the way in the back of the line. Sure. We're going through like waist deep snow. Same for but with that many people, it's easier to like take turns. Sure. Um we get to a river crossing and Nancy, Nancy is a I think she's she's a cancer survivor multiple times. She's in her sixties. I'm telling you this woman could out all of us. She (laughs) is so strong and she's just so fun to be with and so positive and she's so petite. Like she's, she's like, she's, but she is a powerhouse. Like you do not under, you see like Nancy and then you like, you see Nancy in action and you're like, holy crap. Like, (laughs) and she's amazing. She smiles throughout the whole thing. She, so I hear her off ahead and it's nighttime. We're out there oh, no, I, I punched through to the river. I'm in the river. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, everybody, turn around. Like, we're out. Like, let's, we're you know, we're done with this. Like, we're not, I don't want to do this. Like, yeah. this, nobody's got, the only person that's putting their life at risk is me. I'm not putting anybody else at risk. Like, that's mm-hmm. how I roll. I don't, like, you know, if something's a dangerous situation, I don't want anybody going through it. Like, it's yeah. my choice to I do it by myself. So, anyway, whatever, we go back out the next day to do a different trail. It took us, my friend Jay was out there. I think somebody else. It took us like an hour and a half to go half a mile in the
0: Jesus snow. Jesus Christ,
1: that's how slow. We eventually got up to uh, like we punched up to the to the traverse. It took us like eight hours to get up, I think, to the Great Range Traverse, plus yep. like twelve hours probably even. But we entered it like after that, shortly after that. It was just like a mess on so many levels. It was like time was running out, and to think that like now we have to do like all these other peaks and like it was a nice day. So stuff was going to start to get broken out. But at that mm-hmm. point, the energy put in was like, well, I should have been done at that point. Like sure. that's how much energy was being put into it. But yeah, so that's what started my 2017. So I started on that note and I entered it with the stress fracture. Nice. Yeah. I that's think in awesome. 20, like, yeah, 2018, I just started to like get back into things. And then it was like 2019. It was, I, you know, I did do some races. I was doing more adventure races. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things like that, um, kind of like diversifying a little bit more, um, yeah. you know, and then pandemic hit and I go up to New Hampshire for, for, like I do the PEMI, um, just with a friend for like the first time we started at like one in the morning. Like had a beer i had a beer and a red bull in the parking lot i spent like <laughs> one hour i was like this is perfect combination um, and well i started and we weren't going for time or anything it was just like you know an adventure and uh and uh i we get up to flume it was dark liberty you can there were two people on liberty i guess they came from like the tent site down below yep and like the sky wasn't like it was like right before you start to really see light and they're like if you guys hustle they told us they're like you could probably get up to the ridge by sunrise mm. so we go we plod along and I'm like we're the only two people on the Franconia Ridge for like this absolutely spectacular sunrise and I that was the first time I was on it and with the sunrise and the way the trail meanders up there I was like Oh, I I spent up there. I was like, this is unbelievable. This is my favorite trail. One of my favorite trails in the world. Um, Certainly in the Northeast. um, I just loved it so much. Um, And then I went back for a photo shoot, uh, like a, like a few weeks later with, and we were shooting up on the ridge. And that's when I met Brian Nevins, who has shot me now multiple times. And we did a film about the Pemi. Um, him and I were like, we wanted, when we met, um, when we, we were up there, uh, we were talking, like, how amazing it is. And he's just like, we should make a film about this. He's like, you just sound, like, so passionate about it. And at this point, I I did it a few times. Mm-hmm. So that's what started our film. And then we did, we wanted to film in every season. So, like, we would go out, and we would hike, and we would camp out, you know. Yep. Um, we got this most amazing night. We went up to, to Boncliffe one time. It was like fall, autumn. It was autumn. And right below like the Alpine zone where you can camp, you like tucked away off trail and it was windless. You could hear Mm. everything. It was like, I never had a night out there like that. Um, but it was fun. Like, so, and, but then I started, I think I said during the photo shoot, I was like looking around and I was like, Hmm. I feel like I want to like just do it all like let's just you know <laughs> obviously that's how my brain goes I'm like oh yeah. well what if I just do 48 mountains like what's that's sure. not a big deal I mean I almost like died in the 46 but that was winter this could be summer it could be so much better <laughs> um so that's what got that's like where how like my brain started to turn about the 48
0: sure interesting so did you did you have was there any thought in your mind of doing a summer 46 first or was it always just?
1: No, because because um, Alyssa and Sarah both did the 46. Yeah. So I was like, I can go back to that. I think, like mm-hmm. you know, like I'll go back to it. Um, I think the 48 wasn't done for a long time, like yeah. by a woman at least. So I was like, well, that's fun because I think it'll bring back more attention like to, to doing it. And I think it'll just be a change of pace, like. You know, I feel like after a while, like people get kind of like bored of like, oh, the same thing, the same thing. You know, sure. it's kind of like that. Nah. So I was like, well, this will be fun because, you know, and plus, like, at that point, I was traveling more to New Hampshire than I was to the Adirondacks. And even though I have a ton of friends up in the Adirondacks, I think like I wanted to go explore the like New Hampshire a little bit more. So I was like, oh, this is also an excuse to go see some other mountains. Right? Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, <laughs> um, so that's kind of how that came about
0: gotcha nice so yeah what did that process look like of i guess putting putting together the pieces of like getting to know the terrain and like putting a crew together and
1: well basically i mean based upon like all the stuff i've done in the adirondacks i was like all right this is like pretty similar like it's not hmm. as condensed as like the dax especially like you get into like the the main part of the high peaks region and it is just like mountain on top of mountain on top of mountain okay. um, i feel like the whites are a little more like flowy in the sense that like you like go and then you're like go down and you slowly go back up sometimes sure. you a bunch of climb sometimes you don't it's a little bit different but i'm like obviously it's northeast it's very similar terrain similar weather weather's going to change on a dime like you don't know what to expect yep. um it was just a matter of me of like figuring out logistics um figuring out like the best route playing to my strengths um and then just like finding a balance and also reducing like travel time and uh the first so I didn't have a big crew at all I had three people crewing me that's (laughs) it. like and and one crewed me for like two days I had like three main people and then like people came up like Brian came up Nevins and another Brian his friend Brian who's awesome. And like, um, Andrew came out for like a, a, just like a very little bit. He met me actually a really good time because my car broke down during it. So my crew was late to me. Um, and we didn't know where they were. So like, but Andrew was there, he showed up out of nowhere and I'm like, Oh great. And I had food and everything. But um, so, yeah, I had a great plan. I had like a whole binder. It was all out from like slow pace to fast pace, calculating like if my pace was going to, when my pace was going to drop, like according to sleep, you know, like even like the drives, how long the drives would take, like yeah. every single thing was planned out perfectly. Yeah. The day before I started, the weather was like, okay, well, the ridge actually like the, you know, the, uh, the, the up at like Washington the wind was just like a yo-yo it went from like being like fine at night because I was actually going to do that traverse at night and I'm like okay. how nice would it be because I'll be out there by myself too Amazing. Um, it went from like really like you know calm winds for us to being yep. like yeah you don't really want to be up there in the wind at night yeah so we basically the whole plan, just like X, everything, like, Uh, just like, might as well just shred my whole plan because I started doing, um, uh, you know, the, the presidentials. That's how I started. Um, and it was like in the nineties that also got hotter.
0: So where was, what was your original start point going to be?
1: I was starting at, Oh, I should pull out my binder. I was starting at, I was thinking I was starting at the, um, a wildcat Mariah Carter's, and oh, wild
2: okay,
1: I'm pretty sure that's where I was gonna start. And then I went up, yeah, and then I think I was gonna do the presidentials, then I was gonna shoot up to Cabot. And, um, no, no, I wasn't. I have to think about that. Yeah, I mean, I can, it's on my Google Drive right here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm trying to think now, I'm trying to think. Um, uh, but I was supposed to do the presidentials like the first night, not mm-hmm. during the day. Um, also because during the day, with like, um, I'm pulling it up while I talk to you, um, sure by because during the day also I didn't if it was going to be sunny I didn't want to be underneath the sun all day long yeah, yeah. I was starting with that Carter Mariah yep. like I was doing that but then obviously so that swapped so that got all changed up um it was like in the 90s that day all along the the range but you don't feel it when the wind's blowing on you um right. but I obviously felt it later on because I was covered in chafing Mm-hmm. from like yeah. going out and using poles and just like being so sweaty um i did like really well like it was pretty fast but after i left washington and apparently i i was uh, like fixated on this because i'm i'm adhd so like when my brain gets fixated on something it's like that's it like sure. I don't think about anything else one of my poles snapped lucky uh. if, if there's anybody from lucky or has a connection to lucky that's listening to this please i never reached out to them my pole just like literally put it down and went. Pow. So I had to do the northern presidentials with one pole, which makes no one pole, and one broken pole. Yeah. Um, and it makes like no sense. Either you want two poles or you don't want poles. Like, right. that's it. You don't want like a hand that doesn't work because there's like a defunct pole in it. And yep. the way the pole snapped, I couldn't collapse it. So I couldn't like attach it to my pack. I had to carry it. Oh, it's so uh, annoying. So it was just crap. Like, Adam sucked. Like, all those vets. Oh, it was miserable. <laughs> so yeah so that's how it started but um and then i did the i started at like mariah and i did the traverse by myself at night so i did the presidentials by myself like and so this is similar you and i had very similar experiences like we were supported but we did a lot of it self-supported yeah Uh, A big chunk of it. Like, so I did the presidentials by myself and isolation. Brian Evans and his daughter, his little, his young daughter met me up in Washington. um, But we couldn't find each other at first. It was kind of running around in circles. He had like some food for me. um, But then I like did finish it off by myself. And then I did, uh, I got driven by my friend Michael and he dropped me off at the trailhead to go up to Mariah. And I did that at night by myself. Um, And... It started to rain when I got to the bottom of Wildcat. So it actually was raining. And I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, oh, it started to rain when it's really bad. I was like, wait a minute, no, it started to rain actually the next morning. Mm. Uh, so it was like raining. Thankfully, I was pretty much finished. So like, you know, packed up. And then, um, I went up and we did Cabot. at this point. Like there was the plan was the plan, but the plan, we were also, Oh, my two friends that were coming up, Glenn and Kumi Glenn's car broke down on the way up. So he actually, they had a whole delay with trying to rent a car and like <laughs> so many just,
0: car troubles, <laughs>
1: like so many things. Like, it was just like hurdle after hurdle, but it was like, yeah, let's just keep going. You know, we'll deal with it. Like, you know, on the back end, they were dealing with it not telling me too much. Um, we went up to Cabot, and on the way down from Cabot, it started to pour. Mm. Then it was like a sun. Sh- it was weird. It was like a sun shower, just like a random, you know, storm blew through.
2: Yep. So it was
1: wet there. Got in the car, and then I went to go to, rather than Wombac. It was because. They are still, why we didn't, why didn't, didn't do Womback. Well, and I, I almost, I had no say in this anymore. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to take my say out because if I start, I, there's no reason for me to like argue with my crew. They're doing something great sure. for me. So fine. Like let them take the reins. So we went to do uh, like mega PEMI, you know, like extended PEMI. Oh. Uh, I call it mega PEMI. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It had
1: to do with Glenn and Kumi coming up at a certain time. There's a <laughs> logistical reason why I had to go there first
2: gotcha
1: uh, from from a cruise standpoint yep. um but i did that um michael brought me up to lafayette at that point it was like almost like sunset and there was crazy dense fog rolling in i was on my own from lafayette until about zealand hut just before the zealand hut uh,
0: um,
1: i yeah. didn't do hail yet it was like on my way down to go towards to do hail yep so i was on my own for that whole section um thankfully i know that trail up until like you know until i break off to go towards zealand i know that thing like really well yep. but the fog so between the fog once you turn on your headlamp you could see like only nice. a few feet in front of you and here yep. i am being like well if i drop down and do altitude right now i'm gonna be in the slide and i won't be able to see anything because my headlamp's right. gonna be blinding me Um, and it's nighttime on top of that. So bushwhacking off of owl's head in the middle of the night is going to be a nightmare, especially if it's foggy. So I skipped it. So this is what I had to do. I had to skip owl's head. Yep. Um for safe safety reasons and just like it made no sense. I, I estimated I would have spent probably triple the amount of time doing owls head than I would have normally because mm-hmm. of because of that. And my pack was heavy at that point because I hadn't to have enough calories to bring me all the yep. way to Zealand, past Zealand. So instead I was like dropped back down. I went towards Garfield and the fog was it was gnarly. I'm like, I was telling myself, I'm like, I am so happy that my brain knows this trail so well that I'm not even thinking about where I'm going. I'm just moving. Right. Um, because I just, I would have had trouble if I was had to, tr- like, like you know, really, if I was unfamiliar with the area.
0: Yep.
1: Yeah. And I started to get wet of, like, Galehead. It was really muddy going up to Galehead. Like, that grunky, nest, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And then um it wasn't raining yet like really raining but I get up to South Twin I go to North Twin and I'm in water almost up to my knees
0: yeah, that, that area, is between South Twin and North Twin, never dries out, ever.
1: Oh, it was, like, flooded to the point – it was just, like – it was, like, flooded. Not even, like, a rock to hop on. You were ah, just, like – horrible. Yeah, I was, like – I got up there, and I was, like, really? I was like, so my feet were, like – or, like, were wet at this point. Like, I was mm. really wet, and it just – I tried to keep them dry to the best of my abilities, but I'm, like, it's just <laughs> – <laughs> there's no reason um and then yeah the bonds were fine Bondcliff was fine whatever all that is great um and i get back and i bump into my friend friend glenn um uh, there's a great lookout uh what's that lookout before you go down towards zealand hut it's like a rock i forgot what uh, call. yeah,
0: so it's called z cliff
1: yes it's zeal cliff that's where yeah. We, yeah so that's where he but we ran into each other basically um i changed socks I was yep. like, uh, I didn't have an extra pair. He didn't bring a pair of shoes. He just gave me socks. So like, I'll take the socks, dry socks, work. My shoes kind of dried out, um, but my feet were still damp. Um, mm-hmm. And then by the time Glenn split, we did hail together, and then we split again after the hut, and I was on my own. I went to do uh, go towards Tom, and when I got to Tom, I didn't know, but Brian and Brian were there, and it was raining again at this point. It was now raining. Yeah. Um, but I was under the tree cover, so it wasn't that bad. But then it started to really rain, and Tom was like a mud fest. I went did yeah. Tom by myself, and it came back down. And not Nevins, the other Brian. Um, he took he went with me, and we did uh, Willie and Fields and Willie together. And it was yep. raining. And it was wet. And by the time I got out of there, like my feet, my body felt great. I have a, there's a video of me. I have it. Um, like. I'm trying to get all my videos together from that because um, I took a video almost on every single summit of yeah. like, you, it's like quick, it's like number 24, this, so, you know, sure. great, bye. But, But uh, other people are taking videos and there's a video of me coming out of there and I'm like, my body feels great, but my feet are really wet. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like, my feet were starting to get pretty trenchy, like a little bit trenchy at that point. Yeah. Um, but little did we know what was to come you know i forget
0: did you come off uh did you double back over field or did you go down the ladder off willie i
1: I didn't go so i came no i went down all the way like uh i went down no because there's like the two trails that go down i took the less gradual one all the way down to the lot all the way at the end of the road yes yeah because that was the most gradual way down. I was like, I yep. don't want to kill my body and just do, like, crazy descents. And, you know, if I have a choice, it's, like, about the same amount of time, if not faster. To sure. do, a, like, a hair, like, a tenth, uh, two tenths and, uh, like, more of a mile can be a lot faster if it's a milder grade.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's Especially true.
1: when it's wet. Um, which it was. It was wet. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, so I did Um, I did Kerrigan uh, by myself um because i had an option they're like you can do kerrigan by yourself or you can do wombeck by yourself i'm like i'll do kerrigan because it's still daylight and i don't want to like i would rather somebody be with me at night if i can have somebody be with me
2: yeah
1: and that's kerrigan was okay but once we got to wombeck (laughs) that's when that storm started to roll through Mm -hmm. the lightning the blinding rain we were going up wombeck I was soaked, but I was in my rain gear just to keep me warm. It was yeah. so cold, and the rain was so in, like intense. You could couldn't really see much when we got up to where that little what is it like that mini like brick tower or whatever was up there before you like turn over to actually.
0: Like, go to the beach. Yeah, I believe it's the remnant of a chimney.
1: Chimney, that's it. The chimney. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we it was like like again like calf deep if not deeper water just like. Just, the easiest peak turned into a like a nightmare going yeah. through it was just like it, and I, I have my womback video and actually you could see me in it. I didn't realize like my headlamp did illuminate my face. I forgot I was like, I forgot what I said. I'll have to, it it was like you could just hear the rain pouring. but um we got womback, went back down. and the rain, what people don't realize is like when you're tired, it's one thing to be like out at night. But like when you're tired and there's like that, the rain's like that heavy. It's very hypnotic. It was yeah. like putting you to sleep, and I was like, yeah. oh my god! I was like, oh my gosh! Like, what's going on? I'm falling asleep. So um, yeah, we got back to the car eventually, um, so like soaked.
2: Yeah. And
1: then at this point, like everything, like we are just like every everything from then on out was just flooded and soaked. The Hancock's again, like there was no dry. It was pouring for the Hancock's. Pour. Pouring, still pouring. Like if oh, so, there was um, no butt up.
0: Yeah, those two steep like the, the steep up and steep down off the Hancocks must have just been an absolute river.
1: Um, Yeah, that was that was bad. And even just coming out like the meandering trail, it was just like a lake. I'm like, Uh, I should have brought like a pack raft. It would have been much faster. I mean, (laughs) It was just it really would have been it was so wild how much rain there was. I don't know how many it was like a few inches. I was reading like it was one of the largest rainfalls I think they ever had like in that like for July or something that month. So yeah, I, I mean, I could have done a weather report out there. It was just it, <laughs> madness. And then we did the sandwich range. I did that with Kumi, and it rained again. See, this is the thing: is I, my brain, tend to like it. Forgot. I'm like, oh, it just rained really bad on on back, and then everything was flooded. Like, no, sure. it rained almost the whole time. Now that I think <laughs> about it, you know, I was like, I was doing it the other day when Alyssa was out there. I was like, what do you think. it was like, oh my gosh, it rained from like the morning after I finished my. I wasn't even 24 hours into it and I was already dealing with rain. Yeah. Like the weather, you know, it just changed. The weather yeah. changed. And I of like, it was still drizzly, but once we did womback and that was a nightmare, I'm like, well, I'm so far into this at this point. Like, I'm just going to keep going. Sure. And that was it. It was like, all right, we're just going to manage it. And my feet were getting racked at the Like they were disgusting. I had blisters all over them from just the water, like, and everything rubbing together. There's no amount of like, lube you could put uh, put on my feet to save them
0: yeah that's horrible yeah so what day of the week did you start on do you remember
1: I think it was like a Wednesday or a Thursday
0: a Wednesday or Thursday okay I think yeah I remember all right I was trying to figure out if if the coinciding of like if I was on trail when you were dealing with the rain but I mean I was but like you were it was you start dealing with the rain much earlier. I, me, and a friend went out and did uh, a, a Wild River Loop, which is just like this thirty-mile loop that kind of encircles the the Wild River Wilderness, and Ooh, you get a few four thousand nice. footers. Like the the west end of it is uh, the west end of it includes like uh, Mariah and the carters I think. And then oh, you that's nice. Off. So
1: you're like, it's probably a very quiet loop too. I could imagine. It's such
0: a quiet loop. Yeah. That's it's, nice. It's, it's a, it's kind of, I like, I like to call it the peaceful Pemi loop because there's just no one out there and like, <laughs> I it's like so that. wild. But it's, uh, yeah, you should go do it. It's a great loop and no one's done it really. Um, but we went out there on Saturday that week, I think, and it was miserably wet. And I was like, I was just because like, I'd been following your, uh, your progress throughout that week, and I was like, I can't believe she has been out here this whole time i would have quit so long ago That's
1: what people, so people so my like the people like crew and stuff they were telling me especially nevin's he goes you can't stop he's like don't stop he goes everybody is rooting for you i'm like they know like they know how hard it's been i i who who. maybe it was andrews like i can't believe you're out in that storm like people were like how was she out there and moving yeah that? It, was, um, it was
0: ludicrous i was yeah i was shocked
1: Um, Yeah, it was wet, yeah, you know, and then it got wet, yeah, it rained during the sandwich sandwich range, and that's when I met Andrew. Wait, this is funny, though, so Andrew, we're, like, about to exit, and I'm with Kumi, and then this guy's, like, hiking up the trail, and I'm just, like, hey, have a great hike, and I'm, like, keep on going, and he turns around, he's like, Steph, and I'm, like, huh, like, who is that, (laughs) and it's daylight, I'm just, like, you know, like, not really there, Oh, no, that was funny he was with squall of course squall and of i was course. like oh hurry butt, let me follow you like <laughs> yeah that's how you like get me to move like put some cute animals in front of me and i'm like i'll follow you wherever you go of course um but yeah but then like all the foot care involved like that foot care i think it took 45 minutes plus to just to to take care of my feet to deal yeah. with the blisters to wrap everything my soles the balls of my feet felt like they were just actually at the point where they were just going to completely tear. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, so we like made new soles for my feet. Literally. Like I'm like, with like Luco tape and KT tape, like there was, I had new feet. Like Uh, there was like an extra layer on on, like underneath my feet. Yeah. Uh,
0: I've, I've, I've had a friend that had to do this during race one time. And my question for you is, how was it taking that tape off?
1: Not bad, because you have to put coverall on before you put the Leuco tape on. Oh. You never put Leuco tape directly on your skin. He, you were yeah. asking to lose your skin.
0: Yep. He didn't know that. And he lost all the skin on his feet. Yeah.
1: No, coverall. And then you like, I shower and let it soak a little bit and rub it with soap. Especially like, uh, something maybe like a, if you use oil, it might like, Um, like baby oil or something it might like help get the adhesive a little bit looser Um, so like you kind of like gotta like you know wash it a bit before you decide that you're gonna take it off and then obviously wash it afterwards sure Uh, but uh yeah no like yeah that like it took a long time but I needed it like I wouldn't have been able to finish but even then like we did uh the osteolas after that yeah and then but like I was trying to avoid puddles because i'm like i have to keep my feet dry even if it's for a few hours yeah and like it took so much longer because i was trying to like navigate around it but it, i was desperate like i needed to keep my feet dry so my feet yeah. were dry for a little bit a few hours you know did the um whatchamacallit um at the ski resort uh tecumseh yeah tecumseh um where i saw santa claus on the trail and uh, he was on a rock yeah, tell let, tell
0: the people about that
1: Santa, I swear, you know, like, it's not like a new Santa or cartoon Santa. It was, like, a beautiful Santa from, like, the 1920s or 30s. And he was, mm. like, painted with, like, a very natural beard on a rock. And then, like, Glenn, do you see that Santa Claus up there? And I was, I, like, will hallucinate. I would see people on trail all the time that weren't on trail. Um, But I was, like, so convinced because I'm, like, well, this is a ski resort. Maybe this, they do this for, like, a theme or right. something. I was, like, convinced myself, get, like, Twenty feet up the trail I'm like oh there's no Santa Claus there
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <But> like, <laughs> so yeah but uh but we did that and then it was it was wet well, it wasn't raining but when we got to Cannon it was a crazy thunderstorm I don't know if you were out uh, there that. it I was don't just think like, so. it was just torrential rain lightning thunder and we're like I'm like let's go and it was daylight but like I was good like I threw down, like, a pretty good time going up canon. And that yeah. was, like, in my, like, late 40s. I was already into my 40s at that point. I was at, like, 44 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I flew up canon. I dropped my pacer.
0: How did... I, God, I, I feel like I would have some serious... Like, especially... I don't know. Cannon's got a big enough alpine zone that I feel like I'd be afraid of.
1: So we are, I was pretty like aware. I was like counting everything, you know, mm-hmm. I was like making sure like, it's like, all right, well, like it's far enough away that like it's safe enough. And I spent mm-hmm. no time like hanging out or doing anything. Yeah. And,
2: like,
1: dive back into the trees as fast as possible. I never did the thunder and lightning get close enough. I mean, obviously there's always a risk, but I felt like, I didn't feel that exposed, even though it's kinda it is exposed. I didn't feel like I don't know. I like I was I was aware that there was a risk going up it, Mm -hmm. but there was like quite a bit of time that I feel like that the lightning and thunder it was like 10 seconds or 20 seconds. It was like, sure. it, was, it wasn't like on top of each other. Yeah. If it was on top of each other. I probably would have done it, a reverse loop, which would have been a bitch because yeah, it would have sucked. Yep. But I think I, that would have been my choice. Cause at least I would have been in the, in the forest a little bit longer. I think going yep. up to the Kinsmans, but that was fun. Like it was cold. My GoPro died on Canon. So uh. I got Canon and I didn't get the, the only two mountains. I don't have footage of me on are the Kinsmans.
2: hmm
1: my battery died. And I'm like, I'm not changing in battery in this weather.
2: Definitely. Um,
1: not. but that was I actually really liked it. Like, even though I was like soaked, I was having the time of my life. That's such a fun like ridge to run. And it was just like I felt like a kid just running around in it. Um, yeah. and then but then we came down fishing Jimmy's, of course, and it was like white water coming yeah. down fishing Jimmy's. Um, so much to the point that, like we actually like lost the trail. Like that's I think I sent you mm-hmm. I sent you the video
2: yeah yeah yeah. it's like
1: where's the trail and there's like one like blaze on the tree and you're just like I think it goes (laughs) down that way and like yeah you had to cross through like this crazy white water um but like made it across that um and then yeah it was fine and then the rain kind of stopped at that point but then I had to go do owl's head because I couldn't do owl's head so and owl's head week when we took the the bushwhack Um, we passed two women were coming back and they're like, are you going to Owl's Head? We're like, yeah. And she's like, well, they're like, well, we had to turn around. We couldn't cross the river. Mm. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, I'm like, this is mountain 47. I know my way from bushwalking down to Owl's Head. I'm like, I will go north as far as I need to, to get around, to get to a safer part of the river where I can get across it. Yeah. And we had to do that. We had to like go around the river. Um, The first two crossings were, second crossing was like, Semi sketch. I think it was more sketch for me because I didn't sleep. I wasn't obviously well slept at that point, so I'm a little more heightened in terms of safety. But when we got to like the big crossing, you're like, can't cross this. Can't sure.
0: like yeah. you can,
1: but like the odds of you getting swept away are, you know, pretty like good. you want. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, definitely not worth it. So uh, worth it. So I we went around and. There's like one area where there's like somebody had made like a campground like across the river. And you probably you've probably seen it coming on the trail. Yeah. Um, and I knew it and I remember I took a mental note of it a few weeks prior when I did the bushwhack down off the ridge. And I was like, all right, like I know that this is I was just like, oh, that's a cool campsite. That's all I said. Yeah. And I was like, Well, I know where there's a campsite and I know that the rivers calmer there. And that was the mm-hmm. only place where we can cross. It was still like very strong, but um Kumi's a little bit uh like smaller than me so yep. we did like we each had a pole and we did locked arms and this is what we do in adventure racing because sometimes we have to cross some pretty like sketchy rivers we go in diagonally so it's like so i'm blocking she's slightly behind me but we were locked together yep. like really i mean each had a pole and it was just one step at a time one step at a time are your feet secure and it was just that like you know very methodical yep. um and when we got across we're like, yes. And then we obviously have to go up Alice Head and that was like, you know, fun and crazy. It was wet. It was very wet. Lots of water coming down it. Sure. Uh, Yeah. And then I fell asleep. So we made it out of there. Same way out. And then I fell asleep (laughs) (laughs) on Moose (laughs) Lock. It felt really hard. I totally fell asleep. We Ugh. got up to the top and we're coming back down. I'm like, I, I'm like, I'm not awake. I was so <laughs> tired. I tripped. I, everybody was with me, and then you just see my like poles go flying. They said, yeah, the one pole like passed me, and I took a face dive down it. Oh no.
0: Yeah. yeah. Feel I feel like lucky that like <laughs> nothing terrible happened.
1: Uh, No, I mean, I just kind of, I was more like, I was so tired. It was, and like my, like, I was just, I was like started to cry out of frustration. I'm like, I'm so stupid. I'm so much better than this. Like, like, it was just like, ah, but uh, yeah, no, it was good. It was good. We made it down, you know, not a new when I finished. I'm like, this is like, for me, it wasn't like, everybody's like, obviously at the time it was like, oh my gosh, that's a great time. Look at Mm -hmm. the time taking off. And I knew like, I'm like. I think I had an interview with somebody afterwards. I'm like, uh, given my conditions, yeah, it was a great time. But I'm like, this is 100% beatable. Like, I'm somebody's mm-hmm. gonna go out and do it and put down time, which Alyssa did, and she threw down a phenomenal time. Yeah. Um, you know, and now the the it's good. There's something to chase.
0: Yeah, definitely. I like chasing. I, like- <laughs> I know. I'm I'm excited that. I'm excited that the 48 has been busted open this summer. It's going to be interesting to see.
1: They're fun. Now you and I are like, ooh, what can we do?
0: Yeah, I know we've got we've got planned. Actually, do you do you want to talk about any of that on this podcast, or do you want to keep uh, it close wait, to the chest? Wait, ring?
1: We can wait. There's stuff in the works that we're talking about. The,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair.
1: Yeah.
0: So we haven't even talked about the speed project yet, which I was ludicrous to me, like just to watch.
1: <laughs> well, like, oh my god. Oh yeah, that was, that's fun. That started, I don't know when it started. So the Speed Project is an under, it's a kind of an, un, it's a public yet underground race.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, There it's no, there are no rules, no spectators start at the Santa Monica pier. And it started out as a relay race and it's still a relay race. And the relay race is massive. It's mm-hmm. like, I think there was like 50 teams this past year. Sure. Um, and you have to get to the Las Vegas sign. That's it. Don't do anything illegal. Don't go through private property. There's some military bases. Don't go near the, near the military bases because you yep. will get shot probably or arrested. Um, just like get to Vegas the fastest. So it's fun. It's very different. They, do, they have really good coverage of it. Um, they yep. have like in L.A., the studio and uh, two hosts are there and they go through everybody where everybody is on the map. So. Not this year, the year prior the year prior to that. No, you last the year last year, they introduced the solo, speed project solar. So solo. And I saw it because I know two people that did it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, I was like, this looks like fun. I was like, I think I'm like I'm not really into road running, but like This type of race I could do. I'm like, this is this is my speed. (laughs) Like, you know, choose your own adventure. Like, that's that's the best part about it. Um, And it actually happened that last November. a friend of mine who works at CLA reached out to me and he's like, do you want to run this new project solo? Um, you know, I have a spot for you if you want it. And mm. I was actually at in Nevada racing world's toughest Mudder like the day before world's toughest. And I was, it was even like, it was strange that I was even there. Cause we had a crazy flood that September, last year, September 1st, like my parents had a catastrophic flood, like four feet of water mm. busted open the door in the house. And it was just like, it, it was insane so I spent from September through like mid October, the September all of September for me was just working on that non-stop I didn't train for like five weeks I was just working on wow. flood things um, like the first two weeks I spent 200 hours like cleaning and I just because your floods are you just have like to, you have no time you got to get yeah. everything out as fast as possible so, but I was, went to World's Toughest. I was like, you know what? I'm going to World's Toughest. Like, it's, you know what? Like, this is not like the hardest thing I've done is to show up and to do something. I've been through things like the 48 and the flood. And like, I have the mental grit to do World's Toughest. Sure. So, Dan reached out to me the day before the race. And I'm like, I'm in. Like, I didn't even hesitate. I'm like, <laughs> why not? Like, let's do it. Um, And uh, so I said yes to that. And I got a concussion at World's Toughest, Mudder, and had to drop that. just oh like, I slipped with a, I was, like a guy was helping me up our hands on like a half pipe. Yep. It's covered in vegetable oil from like a previous obstacle that you like. <laughs> with me. And our hands, it was like uh, the Sistine Chapel and we we're like holding. Mm. And then mm-hmm. it was like, oh, and then I just went boom, like backwards. I didn't hit my head though. I hit my back. Um, oh. I had a neck issue from the flood from cleaning, like, like cleaning in a haste that I have like a compressed disc in my neck. And I think the combination of everything, I started to get really dizzy and feeling like I was really drunk, like five miles later. Yeah. And I pulled, I pulled myself out. I was like, I can't risk this. Like if I fall into something or get knocked on, uncon- like knock myself unconscious and like, that's fine. Like I dropped out. Um, but then I'm like, well, at least I have the speed project to look forward to now. Um, right. So, yeah. Yeah. So like I, that was March. Um, it was, like, like uh, it was good. It was fun. I mean, it did not go well for me at all. Like, I had, like, um, really rough time traveling there. My flight was canceled. I got there, like, a whole day later, basically, like, in the evening. I was supposed to get there in the morning. Um, and lesson learned, I will never go that to a place that close to a race. Like, it was, I arrived on a Saturday, and the race started on Monday morning at 4 a.m. So I would next time to go on a Friday to give myself that extra, like, leeway if there's an issue. I feel Gotcha. Because like. then it, everything was rushed. Like, my Saturday was my, my get at food and everything day. My Saturday turned into I'm just arriving and I need to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. So I lost. So everything was crammed into Sunday. And that's not fun. Um, but uh, But, yeah, it was, like, I mean there's a film coming out it's actually almost done being edited um so like CLA like Nevins came out and he joined the party and uh he uh also accrued because I it was just him and two other people um three other people my friend Ashley came out and met up met up with us in the middle of the desert and uh yeah like he filmed it and it turned in the joke was is that in our like Production meetings leading up to it, it was always like we need to show her suffering. She's always too happy. (laughs) Well, I don't know, like if they jinxed me because I couldn't lift my legs at mile two.
0: Yeah, I know. When I read that, I was like, "What? Like, how do you? How how many? Approximately? Yeah, approximately how many miles is the thing? I know you can do different routes and stuff. Felt like
1: anywhere from like two eighty to three. If you do the OG route through Death Valley, it's like three forty. I'm not. I wasn't doing that. I did about two hundred. 80-something miles, 200,
0: yeah. <laughs> and, so, and you couldn't lift your legs a mile, two.
1: Yeah, and we didn't know what it was until mile 50. Like, I was texting my friend in Mexico, and she's an amazing trail runner. She runs, actually, Red Bull's one of her sponsors, Chicrita. She's a phenomenal athlete. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? Please help. <laughs> and she sends me a photo of, like, trigger points on the body, and she's like, the psoas in your back is probably causing the issue, like the insertion point. Mm. So... That, lo and behold, we, like, goes in the back and, like, bl- screaming bloody, you know, bloody murder. And that's the problem. Um, so that, obviously, because, you know, the psoas drops down and goes deep, deep in. So, yeah, yeah that's what happened. Um, and, but at that point, you know, you I've already run almost 50 miles with, like, a completely compromised gait. Um, it was just, like, we're just going to manage this to the best of our abilities. It was stop, like, fix, you know, Yeah. walk run I get like 10 minutes of like good running in and then I would be like like the pain would come back and then I started to get um like compartment syndrome in my lower legs um because of like my ortho said it's basically because like I'm a like mid to four foot runner so I was heel striking because it was the only way because if you can't lift up your leg your compensation is going to be like putting your heel down instead of your toes um so uh yeah so add that up by however many miles I did. And I gave like that part of my body a workout. It's normally not used to. Um, so that was rough. Like it was rough. It was awesome though. Like it's such a different thing from the mountains. It's its own beast in itself. Like, you know, the mountains are difficult obviously because of the, just like how the terrain, how it undulates and it's steep and rocky and you can't see much sometimes and all this other stuff. The desert is just ruthless because you have no shade. You're mm-hmm. just like out there and it is like if it's windy, it's windy. You know, there's no protection in the desert. Yeah. Um and it was fun. It, it's I'm excited for the film actually because I'm happy I didn't have a Cinderella race. Like my goal, I finished in four days in like six hours. my, God. Um, my goal was like three and a half days. Mm-hmm. Um and I thought that was very feasible. I thought it was feasible without like actually um pushing like pushing myself to like to the point where it would take me months to recover from I felt like that was a very like you know that's a that's a goal but yeah when you like the compartment syndrome and all that was just like like brutal but I finished it you know I like was like I'm like I'm not stopping I'm like I'll walk I mean I, I also know I think I had a scare of it in the past in college and people were like oh she's an idiot like no, I like definitely knew where I was and how my body was. And I know the point where you're like, no, 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 no. Which is why I like took myself out of World's Toughest Mutter, which is why like there's a point yeah. where I know it's not like safe to go on. Um, um, Sometimes, obviously, and my crew looks out for that too. Like they know, they're like, I've had people be like, you know what? Like my sister for the concussion. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And I was by myself out on the course. So eventually I just called it and I get back to the crew and I told my sister and I'm like, yeah, I wasn't sure about stopping. I feel like I, I kind of like, you know, let people down and let you down. And she's like, no, she's like, you made the smart decision. And she's like, you can come back next year. She's like, don't worry about that. She's like, yep. you know, so uh, thankfully I'm also surrounded by people with positive reinforcement, you know, that like stopping is, you know, the better thing to do at times and there's, nothing, yeah, there's no shame in it at all.
0: No. Yeah, definitely. I've, I'm. I feel like I've. I learned that the hard way in the last couple of years. Oh. Definitely getting a little bit better at it, but like sometimes, yeah. You, like sometimes pushing a little bit harder just for the sake of pushing harder and hurting yourself is not worth it.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and there comes sometimes a point where like maybe you'll end up with like rhabdo, or like you're gonna right. end up like really hurting yourself in a permanent in a permanent way. And- yeah. You know, like I've done, I've learned that too. I think everybody who does the stuff that we do, we go through that process, even shorter things you can go through it. Like it's any, it's just learning about your body and just understanding the warning signs and when it's time to back off and maybe you don't have to stop completely, but then you just slow down and you walk like, you know, like you learn to just accept where it's at. And that's where I was at with the speed project. It was about for me when I knew like, well, my body is like, Like my legs are just junk at this point, but they're, hey, I'm moving forward. So Mm -hmm. let me just continue on. I'll finish it when I finish it. I'll do the best I can in this condition and I can just go back next year. And I am going back next year. So like, it's okay. (laughs) Like it's, uh, and I get to do a different route too. Yeah. You know That's what's fun. is like, I get to actually like go do something else. Like you do need to, like if you want to take certain roads and you have a crew, you need a four by four car. Like you need a car that can handle it. I didn't have that. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, that's something to consider for next year. Um, But it's fun. Like it's a cool, it's a really good community around it too. And I like, I've said this, it's like even though you're out there by yourself, you still feel the community of like the whole race surrounding you. Sure. There's a big pool party too in Vegas. Everybody nice, that. that's fun. But yeah, I feel like you should do it. I mean, they're looking now, he's like wants to build out the solo division. Yeah, uh, I know a guy, James Poole, he's a British runner, he did it self supported which is wild and his film's coming out he has he also has a film coming out so him and i are like the two athletes who had like people filming us along the way
2: yep
1: james oh i don't want to i'm not going to spoil it james went on a crazy adventure when i've been at what route he was like he was telling me what where he was going i'm like you're nuts and i was like i can (laughs) not believe you're doing that um yeah he went through the mountains um like outside of LA. But something happened up there that I'm I'm hoping, I'm sure, it it didn't necessarily make actual film, but I'm sure that he spoke about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was, like, a big, like, wake-up call for him. Like, he ended up in, like, a pretty, like, near-death situation that he covered from. But, yeah, I mean, it's, you should consider doing it. Just saying.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. (sighs) 300 miles like but you can non-stop. do most
1: most of it's on dirt like if you you can make your route once you get out of LA you can be on dirt road for basically sure the
0: thing. that's up interesting to, it's just, up until it's,
1: you like get into Vegas obviously the outskirts
0: right yeah that's just much different from from anything else I've ever done it and, frightens and, me a little bit
1: flat's hard flat you know why flat's hard because you lose all of your mobility. Like when we're in the mountains, we're kind of, we're crawling, we're climbing, we're like leaning over a lot, we're doing a lot of things. When you're yeah. upright for that amount of time, when you drop something, or you're guys, so you could pee standing up. But when I had to pee, it was a process of getting Yeah. Down. I would like find something like a little mound and I would like fall over forward onto it and like lean back into like a squat and pee. Yeah. And then I'd fall back into it and like push myself up and I was like, oh, all
0: the- also, all the Ridiculous Trails just, like, works different muscle groups throughout the day, and, like, I feel like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like that's what got me. So, like, this past fall is when I've really had my only real running injury, and I it happened at Bubba's, and it was, like, I really think it was because I was on, like, pretty flat terrain the whole time and didn't have enough training on just, like, flat ground. yeah.
1: It's different. It's so different. I mean, like, I think that it's, it's not easier, but I think they're, well, maybe not. It goes, it goes back and forth because people who run mostly flat, they can handle climbing, but descents over and over and over will trash them. Like we're both used to like high volume of descending. I mean, for Mm -hmm. the 48, my biggest week, I told you I did 42,000 feet of vertical in my biggest training week leading up to it. I was fine from a vert perspective, like that doesn't bother me. But like if somebody who runs like the speed project and doesn't really run in the mountains, decides to go do 75,000 feet of vert, they're probably going to run into a little bit of trouble
2: yeah. and
1: vice versa. Like if they're not training flat, I, that's what I also realized. And like, I need to do, I need to put in a few more hours, even if it's like just walking, walk, running for like eight hours a day, just do like sure. a long, just journey wherever. Um, I think that would help a lot.
0: Yeah, definitely. When is the when is the speed project?
1: It's the third, I think it's the third week of March. It starts on a Monday morning at 4 a.m. Gotcha. And then okay. it ends whenever you get there. That's you know, it's all That's up to fire. you. Yeah. And the relays start on Thursday. So it's kind of fun. So like the relays, like some, the relays and some solo runners will be like coming in at the same time. The fastest relay, I think they start on, yeah, they start on Thursday because the pool party Sunday. The fastest relay team record, I think the relay team record's like 28 hours or something.
0: That's pretty quick.
1: It's insane. Yeah, those are like marathoners. They are speedsters. Yeah. That's huh. worse to me. I'd rather go do the whole thing by myself than to go run a, you know, three hour marathon out in the desert.
0: Sure. Yeah. 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 That sounds horrible.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so, like, how was the how is the recovery process from that i know it's kind of still ongoing right
1: it is but so i don't have any pain so it turned out like after like the compartment syndrome went away like immediately basically like in a, a week or something like i had no symptoms of it after the race and i went to i called my i finished the race i didn't even shower and i was already on the phone with my ortho's office making an appointment cuz so i'm like i'm going to see him immediately um the thing is I was so swollen when I first saw him he didn't really he's like okay yeah compartment syndrome for sure but we didn't realize I also have this like these lumps bilateral lumps like at the like where's your like ankle
2: but
1: mm-hmm. I like the anterior compartment this is like your left foot on the outside yep. um and it was like just constantly like just like a big bulge on both legs. Hmm. Um, I went for an MRI and they found, it was a mystery. Like everybody in the office was in the examination room trying to like figure this out because nobody's ever seen it. Um, It's tenosynovitis. So I have like thickening of the tendon sheaths in that area. Okay. Um, And then I have a a fascial edema. So my fat, like, I mean, it makes sense. Like my fascia got destroyed. So I have like edema and it's, Not as bad. I'm looking at it right now, obviously. It's not as bad as it's been. It's starting to calm down a lot, um, which is great. It's just more like, it just looks uncomfortable at times. It's not, it hasn't yet given me a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. And and I'm wearing like compression for the most part when I train. Um, I stopped wearing it otherwise. Like I am going to be on my feet all day. I like let the areas kind of breathe out. I'm trying to scrape out some of the gunk that's in there too.
0: Yeah. What do, what do you mean by scrape out the gum?
1: well like so i have you know like a in tool oh
0: yeah yeah, yeah. Now,
1: but like you roll, you start at like the top it's like well i go down to up but if you were to like scrape like the top part of that of the leg there it's like you can't hear a thing you get to that area and it's just so crunchy it's just like <laughs> you know just like yeah it's like all just crap like scar tissue and everything
2: yeah i'm so, sure i mean great. i
1: yeah, I don't know how if it's ever going to go fully away. I, I'm i hopeful that it will. He thinks that by the time it's, like, winter and there's, like, less and the heat goes down, like, and it becomes cold, that it's going to help it a lot.
0: Gotcha. I think,
1: like, the heat, heat, like, the heat might be stressing it. Um. So, but it's been fine. I did my three-hour run today. It didn't bother me at all. Nice. Look normal.
0: That's good. I'm glad that, yeah, I'm glad that that's going well. I know yeah. that that was a frustrating process for sure.
1: Yeah, Especially not knowing for a whole month, like, what is this? yeah yeah for sure that's like I think the worst part at least there's like an answer Mm you know so definitely what's that so if I have weird bulges ever like I'm okay it's just uh (laughs) I don't know it's not even a cankle that's the thing it's kind of like not like swollen through the ankle it's just like these like pouches on my legs
0: yeah yeah and so I guess the kind of last thing I have is like do you have anything going forward that you want to tell people about
1: Well, I'm going to do the Speed Project again next year, for sure. Um, I just, I like, it's not like redemption for me. It's more, for me, I don't know. I guess you can call it redemption. But for me, it's just more like, actually, I want to like show up and execute what i know i'm capable of executing
0: yeah definitely
1: um i think like we all strive to be our best and when we have factors that are limiting our success like we want to if we get the opportunity again to do something like we generally will take it at least that's how i feel Yep. Um, this fall things are, so I have an adventure race coming up in Canada called Wilderness Traverse. It's super competitive. Um, the Canadians are just insane adventure racers. I'm like, so I think I'm the only American I I was the, the first American to ever be on a team to win it a few years ago. Um, and I think I'm like the only American I think that shows up to do it. Maybe some more do now because it's, uh, it's awesome. It's like 40 teams. Um, it's up in Ontario. Uh, it's lots of lakes, not really yep. like mountainous, but big hills, dense forests. so it's difficult to navigate. Um, and it's just, it's always such a great, great time. And I, have all my teammates live up in in Canada. They're all French Canadian, so I usually have to brush up on my French, or they can listen to my elementary French uh, when I try. They all speak English, but it's kind of funny. Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah. So that's coming up. That's in end of August. Yep. September, October, November, I'm considering World's Toughest Mudder. Like, I kind of want to see how things go. I have, like, some small, like, little mini projects up in the northeast that are, like, 15 up to, like, 30-ish miles long that I'd like yep. to do. Um, it's going to depend on, you know, weather's going to play a part into, like, whether I get to do anything or not and, totally. you know, just, like, where my training's at. Um, I think I'm at a point where I don't want to like, just, I don't want to jump into things. Like I like to jump into things if I'm ready for them, but if I'm not ready for them, I need to prepare for them. And I like respect that like preparing for them will not only help me do something out of be like more successful, but it's going to help me recover faster so -hmm. I could do more things. So really like there are things up in the air, um, right now, like in that sense, but you know, so right now I'm like bookended, like speed project um, you know, adventure race. And I don't know, like, I, you know, the 48 looks tempting. I don't know if I would do a regular 48 though. Okay. I think I'd go longer. I yeah. think I would, I think it would be, I I would want to do something different. Um, so yeah, like, I don't know. We'll see like right now my goal in training is to just like, I'm being very like, um, careful about my building. I'm doing a lot more multi-sport. So I'm doing a lot, I mean I lift no matter what, but I do a lot more cycling than I have been mm-hmm. more also to practice for the adventure race because my teammates are such good cyclists that I'm just I'm dying all the time. Um so I'm trying to like get <laughs> out of myself a little bit, but it's helping. It's helping my running actually. And I should know this Coming from a triathlete background, it's like preventing burnout. You know, it's yeah, it's keeping you yeah, so sure. balanced. Um, so that. Oh, and I'll be doing. I don't know if there's any more races though. Um, I had to wait. I'm. I've started getting into like downhill mountain biking. I know, super safe sport, but. I love downhill mountain biking. I haven't gone yet this year because of my legs but and my neck after that whole neck issue. But um, I'm going to start up maybe this week and I may go. But um, I wanted to do an enduro race uh, because that. That sounds so much fun. So like anybody that doesn't know it, it's like it's you do downhill, but then you like bike up to like the next section and then you do more downhill. So it's yep. more your like combination of your downhill times. But I'm like, oh, this is great because I don't get tired riding my bike uphill like like other people do. I feel like in that world. So at least that maybe will benefit my downhill times. hmm. We'll see. I mean, I'm not like a fancy downhill rider at all. And like I think I'm like more paranoid about like, you know, you know, landing a jump incorrectly and like, you know, hurting myself. But I mean, but then again, like you ride over like a route and like your wheel gets jammed and you like end up in a ditch, which happened to me last year or two years ago. But you're wearing so much equipment, like you don't even feel it. You're just like tumble around, you pop up, and you're like, oh that (laughs) was at all. Like it's so much better than riding my regular mountain bike. That's but, awesome. Yeah, it is. Your full-face helmet, like, pa- elbows, you know, arms, shins, I'll do when I start like doing like the bigger stuff, I wear like chest and back protector mm-hmm. everything, like, you know, you're like the, you know, the Michelin man, just like. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll be
0: honest, ma- downhill mountain biking scares me so much.
1: It's so uh, much fun. Speed <laughs> is your friend. Like, in so much of that, like, people don't realize you have to just like commit to the speed because your bike will respond better like the suspension will do its job versus like yeah. if you're like slow especially like through rocks you're like to dunk to dunk versus if you're mm-hmm. fast you'll still rumble but your bike's meant to the bike set usually set for you to take things at a little more speed
0: yeah definitely I know uh, people who do both downhill mountain biking and skiing always tell me because like I ski a lot and I'm very comfortable with all that and like, people who do both tell me that I should stop being soft because they're not that different. <laughs>
1: and... You should, actually. They're very similar. It's no different yeah. than, like, your skis shattering or whatever. Like, you're good.
0: Right, yeah. yeah. So maybe. We'll see.
1: You should. You definitely should. Just wear wear lots of equipment.
0: Sure. Yeah, like, that's full fair.
1: Full-face helmet. Don't skimp on that. You want a full, Like, not an enduro helmet where there are, like, holes in, like, the, the bottom part. Like, the legit downhill helmet. My buddy wouldn't let me get an enduro helmet. I wanted an enduro because it looked cooler. Like, I like the pattern better. And he owns a bike shop. And he's like, there's no way you're getting injured under my watch. You're (laughs) going to have the cool downhill helmet and that's it. And I was like, all right. He's like, you have a history. I can't trust it, you know.
0: Right, right. That's fair. Um,
1: Yeah, I want to, like, bury things up. Like, I think, like, it's fun. Like, I definitely, like you said at the beginning, I feel like, you know, I like racing. But I, like, I... I think adventure racing is the closest to racing that I really enjoy in terms of racing. Like, adventurizing is fun because it is a creator, your own adventure, literally, because you're reading a map. There's no, like, set route to go. Um, But probably focus more on, like, some projects, I think, you know. Maybe get, I have some film stuff that I'm working on with a friend of mine in New York City that um, try to bring the mountains to more people and Mm -hmm. do stuff like that, like, kind of connect more with community and uh, people within the mountain communities. Uh, I think it would be, it would be fun and, and interesting to hear stories of people people may have been living there for decades yeah. uh I'm always interested in that so
0: for sure yeah. cool yeah, that's it. it um sweet well I think we've covered a lot of ground yeah. I think this yeah. may be my longest episode yet yeah I, I, I talk a lot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I
0: love it I love it There's great conversation woman
1: on trail with me I'll be out there for like three days I'm like and this oh my god I'm story about this <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, that's awesome <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to stop the recording. We can talk about the stuff that we don't want to talk about on the podcast. And then, uh, (laughs) yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, Chat later. Bye. Bye.